Blog Talk Radio. All right. All right, yeah. Uh, You guys want to start the show? Let's start the show. Crazy Summer, I'll bet you 30, 40 times each. 
I'm not kidding. I've seen them. I mean, because back then they would show the same movie every day on, yeah. on HBO. And if you liked it, you watched it. I mean, Ghostbusters, uh, all, you know, all these movies. I saw them so many After times. a while, to get your money's worth out of HBO, they kind of told you what to like. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of like those time <laughs> lives, you know, rocking through the 80s. It was teaching you what the hits were. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what, that's, what, that's what HBO did. It's like these yep. are the movies that will define your life. Yep. And goddamn, one of them is Karate Kid 2. Oh, for sure. And this guy <laughs> is huge in that movie. He is. Yeah. I mean, well, he get you end up hating him so much him. because there's no like redemption for his character in the first one that that prick Johnny. Uh huh. He, even he was like saying, "Hey, well, yeah. by the end of the tournament, he's like, I want to take it easy on." Yeah. On, I, you know, he actually hands him a trophy. Up. He hands him or a trophy. Even before that, he's yeah. like, "I want to have mercy on him," and then what? No mercy. Yep. Cobra Kai is right. got the evil trainer. So and then uh, he does hand him the trophy and everything's cool at the end with him. But here at the end of Karate Kid Two, uh, Chosen Yuji's character, yeah. man, we as a nation hated that dude. Well, they drove him off. Absolutely. They shamed him out of the room. They shamed him with the little drums. At yeah, the those, end of the little, movie. Uh, yeah, those little weird drummer defense. I don't know. It took the place of the crane in the first one. Yeah, it did take the place of the crane. But, you know, he, throughout that whole picture, there's these constant run-ins. Because he's, he's the stooge of his uncle Sato, who, yeah. is, who is Miyagi's enemy, which is why he fled Japan. Because yeah. back then, they used to arrange the marriages, and Miyagi fell in love with Sato's arranged um, your, wife, your encyclopedic yes. knowledge of all the backstory. Of these I've movies seen these, never failed to seen impress this, me, Marky. I've seen this movie again, <laughs> HBO. <laughs> so I've seen this movie probably thirty, forty times. And so, um, you know, Miyagi has to go back because his father's dying, mm-hmm. and so he ends up having he 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 runs into Sato, who was the richest family in the village. Miyagi's was the poorest, or no, uh, Yuki was the was the woman, I believe. Her 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 family was the poorest, so it was a good arrangement, right? Yeah, yeah. And but Miyagi went in there and screwed it all up, much 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 the same way that Daniel went to California and screwed up Johnny's world. Yeah, yeah, very. Yeah, he, he was the one who changed it. <laughs> yeah, he goes in there and screws that up. So, but Miyagi comes back home because he has to go away and he lives in America and he fights in World War Two, and he ends up he ends up going going back and. The chosen character is like, that's his Daniel son. Mm-hmm. That's Sato's Daniel son, and they build him up so well. He's constantly picking on Daniel, just just challenging him constantly. There's even this awesome moment, which you guys all remember from the from the trailer, where they end up like in this gambling hall, like in this bar, and they're actually betting on who can karate chop through these panes of ice, yeah, through these ice sheets. Yeah, and cheaper than wood. So I can understand why yeah. at this point in somewhere like Japan, they would just put, enough with the wood planks. We're running out of trees. <laughs> yeah, especially. Let us use ice. <laughs> Feudal Japan. Was, <laughs> yes, there's, there's, there's a lot more ice, I'm sure. Yeah. But, and so, yeah, and so uh, Chosen challenged them. And then, of course, using the lessons of Miyagi, you know, Daniel-san breaks through all five pieces, which is mm-hmm. impossible, you know. And... But okay, so there's this there's there's this constant, you know, um, challenge uh, constantly throughout, and just like you make a good mixtape, 
you start off with the bang, but the second song you take it up a notch. Oh, oh! So you go more bang. You go, you go more bang. Right? Bang, you, bang. You can take it down in the third song, but in that that second one, that second beat, and in the and the the Karate Kid does it better than almost any sequel as far as raising the stakes. You ba- you give them basically the same set of challenges, but at a much higher level. Yeah. And at the end of it you're all, saying, he's not just going from from New Jersey to California. He's going from the USA to, to Japan, Japan to Okinawa. Yeah, yeah. where not I where I thought I was a fish out of water before, <laughs> ma. Yeah, but now he's Whiny in Japan. A little where he doesn't speak the language. You know, he's there. He's completely out outclassed. Yeah. And you know, he has to. You know, he has to battle. He has to battle through all of this and through a much bigger foe. And sure enough. It ends up in this epic mano imano battle. That's true. I mean, yeah. you you have to expect that from a movie uh-huh. called The Karate Kid that there's going to be yeah. some good karate. Unless eighties. Now, see if, these kids bloody each other. If you're watching the newest Karate Kid, the Will Smith one, mm. well, I'm gonna I'm gonna disappoint you because there's no karate in it. It's kung fu. Oh. And I <laughs> so your theory of just because it says karate means you're going to see some good karate. That's that, not it the doesn't case. hold water no. when it comes to the Jaden Smith. Why didn't they rendition. just call it Kung Fu Kid? I know, and I know, and and I I know that petition that you started to rename it is going to get traction <laughs> soon. So if anybody might, wants to get a look like, at that, I think it would be a great movie if they called it the Kung Fu Kid. It's a horrible Karate Kid. But it'd be a great Kung Fu Kid. Who's just wildly inaccurate as the Karate Kid. But you align a couple things with Kung Fu, boom, it's going to take off. It's a really, it's it's probably the best Kung Fu Kid. I'll tell you one of the reasons it it does not succeed as well as some of its uh, earlier ones. It doesn't have Yuji Okamoto. But you know who does? We do. Magic Interview Machine, bring him over here. Now, of course, uh, I, I get I get to bend your ear a little bit here because of uh, because of the beta test movie coming out, which we just got to see. Very very good movie. Thank you. Awesome, awesome. Uh, but also, before we even get into that, I've I've got to let everybody know we, we are talking to somebody that you know from some very important things in our past because we talk about you know this era back in the '80s of entertainment uh, on the show so much. It's kind of our it's kind of our uh, our calling card, and and you were in first of all Better Off Dead, one of the biggest cult yet popular movies ever. Yes. Not only that, yep. everybody. You, I don't know if uh, if if you still do it, and I'm not going to ask you to because I think that would be uh, that would be bradish. But uh, <laughs> you may remember him as sounding a little bit like Howard Cosell, the. Uh, the the pair of brothers who who learned English from the wide world of sports with Howard Cosell okay. always challenging John Cusack's character to a race one of those just non sequiturs that that everybody in our age group will just quote to each other in bars I mean that is a huge cultural touchstone well I appreciate that yeah it was uh, it was a lot of fun um, playing that role is you know um, and and uh, Savage Steve who directed the film what a wacky guy. You know, to come up with that concept, uh, great director, a lot of fun on the set. Uh, Cusack was awesome. Um, so it, it was it was a great time. I mean, it's the 80s. <laughs> yeah. 
Did you while you were making it? Did you have a feeling like, oh, this is going to be, you know, this is this is going down in the pantheon. We're doing something something that's going to be remembered, or was <laughs> it just like, ah, we're going to make a, a few quick bucks and move on to the next movie? Well, you, you know, any with any film, you never know what's going to hit and what's going to miss. And you know, with with something like that, it, it's funny when it first came out, it, it didn't really catch on to people. And, and then all of a sudden, um, I don't know if it was through uh, cable or, or DVDs or back then it was VHS, um, it just took off and it became this, this cult movie. And I, I would walk into places and they go, Lane Meyer, that kid from, you know, <laughs> they, they couldn't help themselves, you know, and, and, and quote these lines from Better Off Dead, which is, it was, it was great. Yeah, it is. It is, and I'm sure that got to you know, to a point, especially when it was still fresh, that that just drove you crazy. But there is something <laughs> compulsive about it. That movie, and I'm the same way. I didn't. I don't think when I was a kid I ever even heard about it in the theater. But then I don't know some somebody rented it on VHS. We popped it in, and we have been quoting those lines back and forth. My two dollars. I mean, there's that that for some reason <laughs> that stands so huge. Oh man, two dollars! I forgot about that one. That's a great one. <laughs> well, sorry to bring that one back up again. Yeah, no, that's fine. But yeah, that was I don't know, culturally speaking, like some kind of crazy sleeper hit. Uh, but you were also in something that I fairly easy to assume at the time it was being made was going to be big. But you were uh, chosen in Karate Kid Two. Yes. The, yes. The uh, the ultimate bad guy there for a while when uh, you know I how did it feel honestly when that entire room is shaming you off stage and then you know that millions and millions of people are going to be doing the same thing in theaters. <laughs> no offense, but when I was a kid, I really hated you. Yeah, I, I get that reaction from a lot of people that I run into. Um, yeah. The, the first thing out of their mouth, hey, you're 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 that guy chosen, man. You were such an a hole. That's the first <laughs> thing they say. So um, you know, it, it, it to me it was it was quite a compliment because I know I did my job, and and you know for for me to get that kind of uh, a reaction from folks, it, it was it was great. It 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 really did, and thank you for that. It it, it felt kind of cathartic to me. So I know. Now and and probably, you know, to a professional like you, these uh, these roles have been hanging from your neck like an albatross. So I'm going to let it go. <laughs> no, it, it's fine. Good. Well, then, well, in that case, I just want to say thank you. Those are those oh. are a couple of very very important things, and uh, you're a good sport talking about them with us a little bit. Oh, no worries, no worries. I, I know for a while, you know, with with films like Better Off Dead and and whatnot, I, I know that. Uh, Cusack didn't didn't even want to talk about you know or be associated with Better Off Dead for many many years, but I think he finally came around and embraced embraced the film and and so I, I don't think he minds being associated with it anymore. But for me, I, I just you know I enjoy it. I don't mind talking about any of the films I, I've done. You know, it it goes with the territory, and so I, I embrace all the roles I've done in the past. Oh, well, thank you. You're that's a true professional, and, uh, and and you allow us fans to geek out a little bit, which 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 I'm glad you understand is what we view as the social contract. So I appreciate that. 
Oh, no worries. But now I'll try to professional up a little bit because uh, we did just get to see beta test down here. Okay, great. Yep. Uh, you don't exactly play a good guy in this one either, though. What's uh, yes. what's going on with that, Yuji? <laughs> well, okay. So when when Nick approached me, Nick is the the director. Uh, he approached me with the project, um, you know, because I, I live in Seattle now, and and uh, he's from uh, Washington, and so he um, wanted to shoot this film in in Seattle. So he asked if I would be interested in in playing a role. And the, the, the role that came to, to mind for him was the interviewer initially. Mm-hmm. And so um, I said, well, I, do you have anything else where I get to do some action? Because, you know, it's in my blood. I've, I've done action films for most of my career, and I enjoy that. And since, I, you know, I'm getting to the twilight of my action years, so I figured, hey, this may be my, my swamp song because, you know, oh. action films, you take a beating. Um, when he approached me about doing the interviewer, I, I kind of wanted to do that action stuff still. And, and so that's kind of what happened was uh, I said, I don't want to be stuck in the studio. I want to be out there. I want to, you know, do some, do some fighting, do this and that. So um, he cast me as the surgeon. I said, thank you. This is fun. This is going to be great. So I, I just, I, I had a blast. Yeah. Well, let's also say, yeah, you know, the the surgeon with with a with a tactical training of some kind. Yeah. Well, may, yeah. Maybe not enough because <laughs> yeah, you did take a beating by uh, Manu Bennett there. Uh, yeah. I hope Manu. I'm not spoiling anything, but. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. And yeah. and and right after that last take that that day, did you get up and say, "All right, that's it. Next time, I'm I'm going to be the interviewer." <laughs> no, actually, I. You know, it, it, it's just something I, I just love doing. Um, I try to stay in uh, shape and, and, you know, stretch and, and you know, keep keep uh, active with martial arts. And so uh, for me, you know, it's like, okay, what's next? What's next? So it, it's it's such a rush for me to do uh, action that, um, yeah, I, I just want to keep going. Well, I'm I'm glad there are performers like you out there because uh, I, I am the other type. I would if he had offered me the surgeon role, I would have said, "Who, who do you got playing the interviewer? <laughs> you already size a suit out." <laughs> oh man! And, and the great thing about that the beta test is there was no stunt guys. Um, all the actors did their own stunts, did their own fighting, and all that stuff. So it's really it's really great that um, Nick allowed the actors to have that kind of um, freedom. Yeah, he did. I, I noticed, you know, uh, Nick was using like uh, I don't know, like like some kind of Hong Kong style, very in in the face shooting. Yeah, and, th- and there yeah. was that incredibly impressive long single take fight scene towards the end. Uh, oh yeah, that where was... clearly you cannot have a stunt guy. There is no edit, and the camera is no more than three feet away from all the action. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, the uh, you know you, that's what you get uh, when you when you do it the hard way. True. Longest single uncut fight scene in history. Are you really? Yeah. Oh, I'm actually. I get to talk to Nick tomorrow, so I'm definitely gonna. Yeah. Definitely gonna see if I can get him to blush about that. <laughs> yeah. In, in working with Nick, Nick is just awesome as a director. He's very open to suggestions. Um, you know, uh, he, he's just uh, an actor's director. So um, working with him was a pleasure. 
Uh, all right. Well, uh, I, I think I've probably taken up enough of your afternoon here anyway, Yuji. But if you've got anything else you'd like to plug real quick, I'd love to give you a little time. Oh, well, just real quick. I'm actually um, seeing a, a film called Paper Tigers in the Fall. And it's about uh, childhood friends that uh, reunite as adults. And uh, they, they re- reunite because their kung fu master is murdered and they attempt to track down who uh, is responsible. So it's really a, a cool project. Um, uh, this uh, uh, director named Baltran is directing it. And, um, we're shooting all in uh, L.A., and it, it'll be an a, a awesome, awesome, fun, fun project. All right. Well, well. thanks again, everybody. Uh, once again, this has been uh, Yuji Okamoto, and you know him from some iconic stuff, and now you can go know him all over again in his newest beta test coming out this month. Uh, and Paper Tigers in the Fall coming out sometime in the future. I know it's a long process. Yeah. All right. And, uh, well, uh, unless there's any other questions you had for me. No, no. Not, that's it. I just want to say thank you, Dan, and uh, all you uh, listeners out there. Please check out Beta Test coming to the theaters near you July 22nd. Oh, no one ever has questions for me. All right, thanks, Yuji. Appreciate it. Hope to talk to you thanks, again. Thanks, Dan. All right, take care. Some more scrunch. Fighting. If, if you have certain dreams. <laughs> well, I was just thinking it, it's got crunch in it, like a good fight. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> I think it's got. I, I think it's it 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 suggests some violence. <laughs> Hot damn kid, you're a genius. I can't believe you're an unpaid intern around here with ideas like oh, that. Oh shucks, Mister Bonnie. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, we're here because of. The Karate well, Kid yeah. epic freaking fight Yuji scene. Yuji Okamoto, we, we talked all, um, a lot about uh, beta test and such, uh-huh. but let it not be forgotten that, yeah, one of those great fight scenes when we were growing up yeah. goes from the end of this. And this, I think, Marky, I hope you don't mind. Mm-hmm. I'm going to impose on you uh-huh. just for a few minutes. Okay. You remember when uh, I didn't remember Commando altogether as well as you did? Yeah. And it was one of those movies you saw 50 times on HBO, uh-huh. so you have it down yeah, yeah. committed. Yeah. Could we do the same thing just for the fight scene Ooh, between Daniel-san uh, and Chosen um, in Karate Kid 2? Because yeah. all I remember is that the crane didn't work, but I don't remember yep, yeah, how it was a, true. essentially finished. Lay it on me. Yeah, all right. From Okay, so uh, they're all having the bone dance, which is the celebration, and <laughs> Sato, uh, Sato, Sato opened it up in the original cathedral or whatever, the, the, the sacred you know building. Yeah. And this is uh, after he went over to the light side. Yeah, this is after the... He's redeemed Ebenezer right. Scrooge. He says, everybody come into the sacred hall where we're supposed to have it. Well, you're right, because... And there's because Ewoks dancing Sato around. Does have, <laughs> Sato does have his, his redemption story, right? Mm-hmm. Because he gets trapped under this big-ass, um, the uh, this big log board, 
this, that falls yeah. on him Which I think during the he, hurricane. He brought that upon himself, yes. right? being in the wrong place at the wrong time, being evil, lightning, right. caught, whatever it was. But And it breaks this thing, and it falls on him, and Miyagi goes goes back to to save him, but of course he thinks that Miyagi's there to beat him up, and there's like this little exchange like, now you come to fight when I am helpless? You are a coward? <laughs> Because Arnold Schwarzenegger he sounds a lot like Arnold Schwarzenegger, there. and so um, I'm, I'm trying to not be racist, so I'm just going to just have a blanket <laughs> so accent for all white accent <laughs> for everybody. Take care of it. <laughs> and so uh, Miyagi comes and he chops the freaking board in half, and then later on in those moments of the hurricane, which is what caused the freaking roof to fall on Sato. Yeah. And he chopped the board in half in order to save to, Soto. To, yeah, just exactly. to be clear. To, yeah. And there's this and He's there's like, this huh, moment I didn't see that coming. Well yes. There there's Miyagi an awesome moment. Is, is an insufferable, enigmatic prick. He could have just said, No, I'm here to save you, but No, Miyagi has to wait till the last minute. You know he's, his thing. He he's like above Sato holding up his karate chop hand and Sato thinks he's gonna kill him. But of course, no, he's gonna karate chop the board. But he makes you wait. Yep. Like a dick. Oh, but, yes. Makes but you paint his fence before he tells you he taught you karate. The whole time you're learning karate, but you're just getting exactly. pissed off. But anyway, I digress. Now, what happens is that during the hurricane, there's one the 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 girl who tolls the bell. I'm sure that's got a name for it. Mm-hmm. But uh, she's up on the you know she's up ringing the bell to warn everybody that the hurricane and of course things are getting messed up. Daniel goes to try to help her. Sato, who's already being redeemed, they're in the shelter. He tells Chosen to go help Daniel. Yeah, and this and this is where this is his it chance. breaks down. Then right? this is his chance. This is when he should be redeemed. He should be rede- He should go out there, listen to his master. He's been listening to him the whole time, being a dick. Yep. And his master's now telling him to do the right thing, and Chosen decides to not do it. And so he is shamed. Uh, Sato turns his back on him. You know. He and you know that's really bad in the Japanese culture. You don't yeah. look people in the eye, mm-hmm. as according to Miyagi. Yeah, you mean he yeah. literally turns his back. Yeah, on Iron yeah, Man, yeah. Little, and so display there. Yeah, and so uh, Chosen storms out into the hurricane. You never see him again. Yeah. Okay. And he's he's failed. He's a fallen you know uh, warrior. He's gone. You know. And then they're having the bone dance because after that. <laughs> I can't. I think it's like a Day of the Dead kind of thing, or like a dia. You know, I think it's one of those kind of celebrations. And so they are in this real kind of sacred-looking place, um, and there's like this little island in the middle, and you can kind of stand around it. And there's like this round area that's surrounded by a moat. Yeah, there's like little little tiny paper bridges all over the place, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I think I remember like uh, candles. Yes, a lot of a lot of the candle boats. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's, it's beautiful. It, you know, it's, yeah. it's a beautiful place. Well, you spare no expense for the bone. The bone dance. dance. Yes. <laughs> I'll yeah. light a few candles in the bedroom for the bone dance. And there's. You know, they're all having a good time. Daniel, of course, throughout this movie, which I haven't even brought that up, but there is a female interest, and she's beautiful. Well, we can assume if we're at the yes. bone dance, he's got a date. Yes. Who was, look like they're finished. Right. Now, again, I just want to hear you're into just now, the showdown now. Okay, so I'm just happened? setting the stage because what happens is is that Daniel ends up – there is there is this um, – Daniel's girlfriend – her love interest is going to have to do this ceremonial, um, you know, uh, Japanese fan dance. You know, she's got the, you know, the. Oh, 
like, the little that. paper fan thing. And that is the girl he's interested in. Exactly. Is apparently the village representative of the fan dance community. Exactly. It's a fandango. <laughs> now, fans of fans. So she's 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 doing this fandango, and um, she's in this middle area surrounded by the moat because everybody's watching because it's a performance. Mm-hmm. And she's doing the dance, and she looks beautiful, and you know they're locking eyes, and it's just beautiful. He's so proud of her, and she's just just glowing in the warmth of his of his gaze. And, and like back in 1987, you might even be starting to gather up your things in the theater, like, oh, what a happy ending. Oh yeah, but no, look at that. No, but because, that is where it ends. Because of there's because there's these strings of these paper lamps, um, um, lamps, right, all mm-hmm. over the place that come into the circle. It's like a big parade-looking kind of thing. And you see Chosen putting a scarf or something over the rope, and he Uh, slides down, and he's ziplining. Yeah, and all all the lamps are breaking, and he's wearing yellow, this badass yellow He's already decided he's the villain. Oh, he's he's embracing it now. He's there to save his... He's there to like somehow his resurrect honor. his honor. own honor. It's honor. It's all about honor. This yeah. whole movie is about honor. They make a big deal about that at the beginning. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, I do believe uh, like Steve Winwood or someone would fight for your <laughs> honor. That's right. It's in the song. Yeah. <laughs> so this movie was such a big deal. They had like the biggest band in the world do the song. <laughs> and it's, yeah, that song is so awesome. And I saw I this. I think it might even oh. be an Oscar winner. We can look that oh up later. Oh, my God. What if or you, you at home could. <laughs> or if you want to keep believing in the human race, you won't look so that he up. he comes down, and he looks, Chosen looks badass. He's got, like, this yellow leather gi mm-hmm. with black pants. And this, by the way, Chosen in this, he's fucking ripped. Yeah. Like, there's this awesome scene. I don't know if you had a chance to play the, the audio for our listeners, but it's this where he has to take his shirt off because... The lady throws a tomato at it. And mm-hmm. obviously, it's a long story, but yeah. and he has to take his shirt off, and he's like, "You keep for your correction. I know you like it. <laughs> you keep for your correction." And, she, and he throws it at her, and he's just all ripped, man. He's just all like, just yoked. He's a, he's a badass villain. Yeah. And he slides down this thing, looking like a ninja, and he pops behind her, and he pulls out a freaking butterfly blade. Which we all had. We all bought at the flea market when we were kids. He had a, and he holds it to that her neck. Illustrate it well. And he he's demanding that Daniel's son cross over and fight him. And this is you come, you fight for harder. <laughs> yes, that is an awesome accent. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so, and they make it a point to also point out. That if you're going to get into a fight in Okinawa, you're you're not fighting the Hill Valley Karate Tournament anymore. Yeah, the stakes once again are raised higher. Exactly. So, so you fight to the death here. So Daniel's afraid. Miyagi's afraid. Mm-hmm. And Miyagi's been teaching him the whole time. You can't just like steal lessons. his nose off his face. No, like he no, did no, in no, the original. You're right, you're right. It's got to be. You're going to have to. You're yeah. going to. This is a fight to the death. This is for honor. And so he crosses the bridge. Throws the bridge aside, um, and they're going to fight to the death. Now, the uh, Daniel's girlfriend—I'm I'm sorry, I don't remember what the what the character's name is—but um, she does try to step in a little bit. And if you didn't hate Chosen already, he backhands yeah. her 
cr- I mean, just cracks her head. I do remember yeah. that. And that's yeah. like the last year, like, well, then this guy just has to go. Yeah, he's got to go. Bitch got to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, man, Daniel and him finally start to trade jabs and judo chops. All right. And they're going at it pretty freaking hard. And, yeah, I think you kind of alluded to it. The yeah. one thing that he the, – the, the way that he beat Johnny was with the famous crane kick. Yeah, he had the injured leg, yeah. but he used it as his counterbalance right. in the crane move, which is the poster. So It's very important. This I, is an important move. And Daniel launches it against Chosen, and Chosen, like a badass, just catches it, flips him around, and he's on the floor. The crane kick will not work on Cho's end. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you, you, this is a different game. Yep. Now, they are trading. Oh, that was great. They are trading blows. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they're, and Danielson is it holding lasts his own. for a while, as I recall. It does last. It's, I mean, it's probably a five-minute fight. And, man, and they're, I mean, Daniel's hitting them. He's hitting them. They're both bloody as hell. They're, they're both, they're both at, at, at their, they're pushing their limits. And, again, Daniel's, Daniel's, Daniel's hanging on, man. And it, it finally occurs to, to Danielson. It's like, remember, paint the fence. Remember, sand the floor. Remember, mm-hmm. he's been teaching you this whole time something. And he goes back. Miyagi made him hold on to this to that little toy drum. Mm-hmm. You guys have all seen it. It's like this little, um, it's this little drum with two little balls that are tied to it. So when you flip it back yeah. and forth, the bangs. Like a, like a cup and ball game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of a cup, it's a little drum. And so you and so you. You get like this double pendulum thing on both sides of the drum. Mm -hmm. And what Daniel realizes in that moment, because Miyagi pulled out his drum and he's flipping it. And everybody in unison starts to flick their drums. So everybody's holding this little toy drum and everybody's basically in a sign of solidarity. They are shunning Chozen. Yeah. And they are encouraging Daniel-san to listen you know, pay attention to your lesson. Miyagi has been teaching you, you know, be this drum. Yeah. Whereas the entire room has, is, it's just like uh, Rocky Four when you if even everyone yeah. is shouting for Rocky. <laughs> exactly. Everybody is, everybody's rooting for Danielson. And it's also this, their, their collective consciousness is, is collected again in the sound, uh, in the unison of all the drums beating at once. So, I mean, it's, it's a beautiful moment in the film. Um, but Daniel realizes right there that the actual way that he's going to save, that he's going to get out of this, is to go to the lesson of the drum, which is best block, no be there. Mm. So as you turn to hit one side of the drum, one hand is crossing out, and the other is going away. So you're not in the way of their punch, and you're delivering a punch of your own. You have to ask the drum where the counterpunch is, and the drum is telling you. Uh, and it's, so it's, You should watch the movie. They do a slightly better job. Uh, it's, it's a difficult punch. It's very Miyagi. It's very Miyagi. And Danielson realizes what the lesson is, and he defeats Chosen. Spoiler alert. He defeats Chosen <laughs> using the lesson of the drum and the collective of everybody in that room. It was the good that beat Chosen. Yeah. But he didn't have to beat him to death because apparently the shame on his honor was a fate worse than death. Maybe I'd, I don't know how it worked, but he had to go 
there's actually he, a he little yeller there's actually a, that room. and there's actually a really cool moment where you know of course Danielson crossed the bridge knowing that this was a fight to the death mm-hmm. chosen came he zip lying down knowing that this was a fight to the death they they are going to fight to the death Daniel using the lessons of the drum has chosen on his knees Danielson is over him with a karate chop ready to fire and he says Live or, live or die, man. Live or die. And then Chosen goes, die. And Danielson does the same Miyagi kind of thing where it looks like he's going to chop him. And he goes, wrong. And he does the squeezing the nose thing. He does Honk. the feel the nose thing yeah. after all. Stakes, yeah. apparently, yep. don't have to be that high. Exactly. He gives him mercy, thus also giving him his honor back. Or does it give him his honor? It seems yeah. like counterintuitive to getting his honor back. I, well, I without believe, an expert, I guess um, we're probably not going to figure that out anyway. If though. there was a chosen a volume two Karate Kid three, <laughs> yes, I believe he would have been the Biff Tannen at the end of Back to the Future. Oh, totally subservient just totally, and yeah. just a <laughs> shell of a man. Exactly, that's kind of messed up too, though. I'm just kidding. I don't need that. Well, but, anyway, uh, okay. Thank you for that very detailed recap of uh, what was just supposed to be the very end of Karate Kid two. Yeah, but that was pretty good, and it gets I, me I in good, mind right? of you did very good. Yeah, a good fight scene. Oh, we the, the know, best. We the know best. lots of them, and we just touched on what is now the new world record holder fight oh, scene. Absolutely, and uh, and we we both we just watched this again right yeah. before we sat down to record this, just to remind us. But this is from Beta Test, uh-huh. the movie that we're talking about, and we're going to talk with Nicholas uh, Guiney and uh, and co-star Lyndon Ashby. Co-star Lyndon Ashby. Thank you. <laughs> I was going to say Lyndon Johnson again. I, I, it's very difficult. <laughs> but Lyndon Ashby uh, from from Mortal Kombat. And this, is a, this the beta test is a movie about uh, Lorenz Tate gets tricked into playing a video game in which he actually controls People. Manu Bennett. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and then they team up to go on this uh, revenge kick. It's a, it's a great '90s throwback uh-huh. action. Absolutely movie. '90s, uh, yeah. Absolutely. But it is capped off with this scene, which I didn't know when we first saw it. Now holds the world record for the longest oh, single take scene. Wow, that is true. Uh, <laughs> and we talk about that in the interview with uh, with these guys as well. But, and, I mean, and and we just and got we to see it. This thing's amazing. Challenge yourself when you, when you're watching this. To, you know, first time you watch beta test, just enjoy it. Just strap on. Yeah. Yeah, Strap I don't mean in. to get an, an into your head about it. <laughs> yeah, that. I mean, just just watch it and enjoy the hell out of it. But the second time, watch that damn fight scene. You tell me where the cut is. Yeah. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. It's amazing. The thing is, it it yeah. took the crown from uh, Daredevil. Yeah, I think like one of oh, the early episodes scene. of season one on Netflix where they're, where they're fighting that, in the, in that the was hallway. Briefly, I think the world record where they're fighting in the where, hallway, yeah, where right? he beats yeah. oh, everybody up in the an hallway. Amazing thing. Apparently, this one is is longer. Wow. We talk all about that and more with our next guests, Nicholas Guiney and Lyndon Ashby. That's right, Magic Interview Machine. Bring us over to them, won't you, please? So with that in mind, let's launch into beta test. Everybody, we are talking to, uh, uh, we, we got Nick and Lyndon, star, writer, director, res- well, opposite respectively. Anyway, it, I've already covered it in the pre 
So I, I just want to talk right in here. Uh, this is a, a very exciting and also a, an extremely frightening not that it's a horror movie, but it's very frightening to think that this is kind of, you know, this. we have to start thinking about the morality of these kinds of weird video game control over people scenarios. This isn't that far off. Sure. It, it's not. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, that's what makes it so good, actually, is that, that it isn't that far off if it doesn't already exist. Yeah, this is this is something that uh, I think. In fact, I've got a really geeky like audience member question, Nick. I, I hope you don't mind, but uh, I love them. Did did you did did Manu's character because uh, was he named Orson as like an homage to Orson Scott Card and the Ender's Game kind of you know similar uh, exploration? Unfortunately, I'm sorry to disappoint your your geekiness, but he actually. Um, he actually was named after my father. My father's name is Ursh. Well, my family's Hungarian, and uh, it's spelled O-R-S, and so I kind of snuck it in there in, in, in a little way. Okay. All right. Well, that, that makes it even better. Name, though, the last name it is a little geeky. The last name, Creed, comes from uh, the X-Men comic books. Uh, the, the character Sabretooth's last name's Creed, so that's where I stole that from. Oh. I honestly just think of Apollo Creed every time I hear that. The, the word creed. Yeah, well, anyway. I think of that. I, I think of that that rock band that I don't like very much. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's that's well, that, you've that's got how, the worst that's case. How Lyndon, that's how Lyndon prepared for his role. Is, you know, he, he looked at Creed as the rock band and it fueled his hatred for his. That's band. right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Nick, are you a gamer? I'm actually not, and I get this question a lot because you know you would think that a guy who makes a movie about video games would be a huge gamer, right? But I'm, you know, I played a lot of Mortal Kombat when I was a kid, and I, I loved, you know, I'm a big Mario Kart GoldenEye kind of guy, is what I tell everybody. Uh, but I'm not a big gamer. I don't sit and play Warcraft. I don't do any of that. But I, I really appreciate and respect, you know, just how powerful the, the video game uh, culture has become, and. When I sat down to develop this project, um, it was it was really um, out of a necessity to to be economical. You know, I thought of you know how am I going to pull off an indie action movie um, and not make it look cheesy and and, and like we're, we're we're stretching beyond our means trying to accomplish something that only a, a Hollywood studio film could accomplish. And so I came up with this idea of the, these video game action sequences to help us essentially get around shooting giant chunks of these sequences, you know, and having, having them uh, animated in the, the video game engine to kind of help us shave millions of dollars off of the production budget. Um, and that's kind of how that idea came about. Well, it's, well, well, it seems to permeate even more because it, it seems like even the whole structure of the movie is kind of a, like a throwback to a, to a standard video game structure. Oh, it's it's pretty much yeah. It's, you know, I, I it's pretty much Mario going to Bowser's castle to save Princess Peach. That's pretty much it. <laughs> and that that <laughs> is, it's it's a classic trope, but but it works just fine in this one, I think, as well. And uh, and in, and before I get any further, I have to I have to point out that you mentioned playing Mortal Kombat. Yeah. And, oh yeah. And Lyndon Ashby, I believe you have a connection because because. Uh, beta test is not your first video game movie. Hmm. Really? Be. That's crazy. See, see? Know, I'm dropping good. hints, yeah. but what? that's right. You. What are you talking about? Oh my I god! Don't, I, don't, 
I know, you know, I was, I've always been a big fan of, of Linden's. You know, I, I, um, I actually discovered Linden um, before Mortal Kombat. You know, I, I saw him in, in, in Wyatt Earp, and then, um, and then Mortal Kombat, I was a kid, you know, when Mortal Kombat came out, and I saw it like 15 times in the theaters. And I would always tell my friends that, that you know, that whole movie is all about Johnny Cage. Like, he, you know, Linden really carries that film, and, and the charm and, and presence he had in that movie. Um, really carried that film and made it memorable, and and I and I wanted that kind of a, a persona to play this villain um, because I knew that you know as, as as Lyndon and I talk about you know his character is batshit crazy, and having somebody who can sell that in a charming way was I think super important, um, and it didn't hurt that that you know Lyndon was tied to what is arguably one of the most successful video game movies ever made which just helps you know in terms of the the backside of marketing the movie yeah, yeah. well and certainly the first successful video game movie absolutely and, um, yeah yeah from and the people early forget prime. that and yeah yeah it's none of them had ever worked before that and you right. know when i got that they had done double dragon street fighter and uh mario brothers mario. and they had all oh. they had all tanked horribly and so no one thought Mortal Kombat was going to do anything. Um, you know, it was, and we, and we did this movie and it, and it just, you know, it took off. It had a life of its own and, um, we kind of just caught lightning in a bottle on it. And, and, uh, then everyone was like, Oh, it was only because it was such a successful video game. <laughs> well, no. Uh, no, that was, that was, it was like, well, it was only successful because of, you know, the video game. And you're like, Oh my God, you can't win. Yeah, no, um, I really can't believe that's, that's true. No, it is true. It that's, is true. No, that's terrible. I mean, now, Mario is well, a I'm very too. successful game and a horrible movie. I, I have a I have a geek question for Lyndon, actually. Uh, okay, go for it. Is, it. is it true that you stole the role from Jean-Claude Van Damme? Ooh. I, you know, I've heard Brandon Lee, you know, that Brandon, oh, wow. Brandon died, and then... Right. Uh, but and then I've heard John Claude Van. I've heard all these stories, and I don't think I. You know what? I gotta ask Paul. But uh, I yeah. don't know that any of them are true. But you never yeah. know. Maybe they aren't. Yeah, yeah. I'll ask. Him. I'll see him. I just saw him a couple of days ago, and I always forget to ask. Awesome. Because I don't want to know the answer. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, you weren't really who we wanted, but you you did okay. <laughs> yeah, maybe enough no, no, time no, has no, gone no, by. He can be they, honest with you. They they yeah. they kicked yeah. everyone else to the curb when they when they found you. They are, there you go. That's you know what? That's the, that's the nice way to look at it. That's exactly. <laughs> As opposed to yeah, we couldn't get who we really wanted. So <laughs> yeah, Jean Claude Van Damme was a placeholder for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, well. Speaking of uh, incredible action in movies, now I just found this out when I was talking, like I mentioned to uh, to Yuji, and and apparently it is true. You guys are a record holder now of this movie, or or will we be are, when yeah. it's on wide release. But right. tell us about that because I saw it. And I was very impressed, and people should Thank know you. it's coming. But I don't want to give away. Maybe you do want to tell them exactly the dimensions of what we're doing here, but this fight sequence sure. was unbelievable. 
Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, you know, when I uh, again, uh, when I when I was trying to attempt making this indie action film, um, I, I was thinking, you know, what kind of how can I create some kind of a spectacle that could potentially, if we pull it off right, uh, be on par with some of the bigger films that studios are putting out there. Um, we didn't have the budget for giant transforming robots or alien spaceships, but but I thought if we could pull off the longest long take fight sequence ever filmed. Uh, that would be something surely cool for an audience to, to see. Um, and, you know, that was always the intent. In fact, if you go and read the script, in the script it says, now begins the longest long-take fight sequence ever filmed. And, uh, you know, it was, it, was, it was a crazy undertaking. You know, we, we, um, I sat down with a bunch of really pro Hollywood stunt teams and, and, and talked about the idea with them. You know, teams that we would never be able to afford, like the, the guys behind the long-take, small long-take and... Um, in the Batman vs. Superman movie that just came out, um, uh, and they choreographed a bunch of the other ones in, in Hollywood, and and they they thought I was crazy. In fact, every, you know everyone everyone on my crew thought I was crazy. Uh, we don't, you know they they said we were going to need at least ten weeks, uh, you know thirty thirty pro Hollywood stunt guys, um, and and it still might not work. And um, and I said, well, we've got two weeks, and five five Hollywood stunt guys and a bunch of amateur martial artists and local Seattle actors. Um, and they, you know, they, 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 they laughed at me and, 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 but, you know, I think the reason that, that it actually came together was because there was, there were so many people involved with this thing um, that, that were hungry for, for something special to make something special. You know, um, they weren't jaded by the industry or anything like that. They were really, they really wanted something special to come of this. And so we pulled it off and we got it on the first take. No, um, you did it, not. We absolutely did. The first try. Yeah. And I couldn't believe it. We, were, we, we planned for 12 takes worth of materials, breakaway glass, things like that. Um, and we got it on the very first try. And I remember sitting there kind of shaking. And I looked at my special effects supervisor and I said, can I get a refund? You know, because we, we, we basically, we, we didn't know what to do for the rest of the day. We really got it done on the first try. That is Which, amazing. you know, you know coming from an from a action movie background, it's probably better that you did because, right. look, that's, there's a lot of energy expended in a wide take like that, you know, right. a continuous take. And it wasn't probably going to get better. Right, you know, totally. as everyone got totally. tireder and tireder, more and more tired, it would get sloppy and not as visceral. And and once again, like you know, the, the brilliant thing about film is you only need to do it right once, and you totally. got it right at the right time, and uh, the film gods were smiling on you. They well, totally were. Yeah. If you got enough in the yeah. budget for rendering, you don't even have to do it right once. So the fact that you got yeah. it there. I know there was breakaway glass and squibs, and I can't imagine how tired the the camera guy was. That was that just one steady cam shot. We had um, we had something called a Moby, which is kind of a new age steady cam system, and we actually had three camera operators uh, that would hand it off to each other at strategic points oh. to to because you know, it's a pretty heavy it's a pretty heavy rig, um, and you've got one guy off uh, behind the scenes controlling the camera remotely, like turning it, and then another operator actually moving the camera around with these guys. It was very much like a ballet. You know, we choreographed the fighting, and then we had to choreograph the camera movement around it. And 
that was important to me too because um, you know there, there's a famous long take that inspired me to do this uh, in this movie called Old Boy, it's a Korean film. No. Oh. Uh, and, and that one's about three minutes long, um, and was was prior prior to us was the record holder. Um, and that's and the one that, going upstairs in that in that house. And that. Uh, no, that's the uh, that's the protector. That that they, that one's. Um, that one was uh, about the same length as Old Boy. I think a little bit shorter than Old Boy, if I recall. But in Old yeah. Boy, uh, it was basically just kind of like a, a side-scrolling uh, shot, you know, simple camera movement. And I really wanted to make the camera movement, if we could, if we could achieve it, like really dynamic and, and, a, and a character of its own in this thing, kind of moving around all these guys. So it, it, was, it required a lot of uh, choreography and... and you know, um, I think like Lyndon said, the, the movie gods were smiling because there's really no reason why we should have been able to, been able to pull that off. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Well, I can say from well, an audience also, point of view, you know, wow, that was breathless. Uh, yeah, and what you do and what you get from that, too, is, is by moving the camera the way that you move it, the hits sell better. You know, if you're not doing it like that, then, you know, those hits, they, they need to be real. You know, a lot of times, and even in this, a lot of them. You know, you need contact. You need, you need, you know. Unfortunately, yeah, you need you need a hit, um, and and it works. Actually, did you yeah. know? I don't know if you knew this, Lyndon. Your um, your your henchman Zane. You know, he he broke two ribs in that fight scene. <laughs> did he? So, oh, so when when new, when 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 Manu knees him in the side and throws him down the stairs, um, I don't want to give anything away. Uh, <laughs> he actually he actually cracked his ribs there and then somehow found the energy to finish the scene. Oh, oh. he Ouch. must have been really glad it was just one take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Manu is a, a tough dude, and and he you know he was I think I think again I think it goes back to what Lyndon said. The energy in that first try was just so strong, and everyone was just going for it. And Manu was making contact with these guys in, in, in a lot of these hits um, to sell it. And I think also just because of the, the energy of doing all of this at once and, and not like these little cut, cut shots, right? It's, it's, so it just kind of drove him. And he, he yeah, he, he, hurt, he hurt poor Zane. Ah, <laughs> uh, poor guy. Oh, uh, well, I was, uh, I, I was exhausted after that. I mean, just it was probably a couple minutes in before I realized, oh, I don't think there's been an edit yet and then what kept going it kept going and then zane comes from around the the column and then and then you're looking down the stairs up the stairs and i i was i just and i was expecting maybe someone to go over the side and i thought there's no way uh -huh. they were going to rush out an uh -huh. airbag or something there's no way so uh -huh. but maybe they yeah, did we'll well, it, it, have it, it, to watch for themselves yeah. You know what? If you only do it once, you really don't need an airbag. <laughs> That's true. Uh, if you get, if you only got the one set of breakaway glass anyway. Correct. Yeah, if you only do it once, you don't even need breakaway glass. You just use the real stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that's pretty horrid. Oh, that's good stuff though. <laughs> it's a tough business. <laughs> um and also yeah. we might as hard well hard knock life, Annie. <laughs> now, <laughs> Now I don't. We don't like to get political or anything on the show, but I think we might as well mention that this this movie does touch on the idea of of gun control 
It's, uh, sure. But it, but it it puts it through this weird prism that I'm still getting my my head around, and in that, for a while, like if you're pro gun control, you kind of want to identify with your character, Lyndon. You want it because he's mm-hmm. he's the one saying, no, 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 stop, stop giving everybody guns. Let's have some gun control. But somehow he uses that idea to to just sort of show, you know, it's a slippery slope whether you're going up or down it. Well, I mean, and the, and the crazy thing is I find myself agreeing with a lot of things he says. And, you know, his, his, you know, what, what's, what did, what did Ahab say? Uh, my, my, something, my, my motives are pure and my methods are madness or mad, mm-hmm. are mad, or was it vice versa? Um, it's, but it is his, his motives were were okay, and but his method was insane. Yeah. Um, you know what he wanted on the surface seems great or very reasonable, but the way he goes about it and what he really wants are are he's just batshit crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, that does end up being the it, problem in the end. Yeah, it is. That's a rub. But you know, I do. I find myself. You know, agreeing with quite a bit of what he's saying, and 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 that speech, you know, the 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 interview, Nick and I went back and forth and worked on a lot of it, and uh, and and it it all makes it makes sense, you know, in the opening of the film, it acts what he's saying, a lot of it makes sense. Yeah, and it 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 it. I think I knew enough about the movie going in to say, well, he's playing the bad guy, but he's he's milking it pretty good here. But then yeah, uh, right towards the end of the movie, too, he's still, yeah. even yeah. though he's kind of cackled and given his Bond villain plan out, but, but he's still believing when he tells Lorenz Tate, you know, you know, put the gun down to think about what he's holding. Yeah. Which is, I think, yeah. another crazy little cultural nod when I think of Lorenz Tate in South Central. That's a, uh, boy, talk about a character mm-hmm. coming full circle there. There's all sorts of meta in this movie. <laughs> but you know, I didn't when I was when I was coming up with Kincaid's plan and, and, and who he is, I I you know, on one hand, I wanted this to be kind of a nineties throwback action movie, you know, it's kind of so in, in that sense there are all sorts of little cliches and we kind of in, in again this kind of meta way acknowledge that, you know, Kincaid Yeah, you says, have a lot of fun with that stuff and I with, love it you know, as an Kincaid, action movie. Kincaid that way. Says, uh, what does it say? Um, time for the monologue, right? You know, so, yeah. so like, so we acknowledge all these little little tropes, but then on top of that, I was hoping to kind of inject some 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 social themes and, and socially relevant topics that are that are um, that are important today. And so, making him a villain that on one hand is very cartoony and James Bondy, but on the other hand, um, you find yourself uh, it's find it difficult to disagree with the guy. Um, I think it makes you. Uh, for a more interesting, you know, experience uh, where you're kind of debating back and forth. Well, you know, am I with Creed here or am I with Kincaid? You know, so I think I, I hope hopefully that makes it a little more interesting for people. Well, it did. Yeah. Well, it definitely caught my attention, and, it, and I like when I have to kind of struggle with it, even though it's clear who's good and who's bad in a movie. Well, and that's that's what attracted me to the to the film in the first place. Is you know, talking to Nick and going, all right, we're going to do an homage film. An, to the to '90s action movies, um, you know, and but it's a 2016 twist, and you know it's it's 
it's taking almost, you know, a B action movie and elevating it. And, and that's what, you know, it, it takes it into, it's, I'm not, I'm not articulating particularly well, but it's, it's, uh, you know, you're taking this, this genre picture and then you're breaking the genre and you're pushing and you're pushing the boundaries and you're pushing the envelope. And, you know, it's smart filmmaking and it makes something that's, that's mundane, interesting. Yeah. And, you know, it's great. It's great. Great stuff. And you should be very proud of yourself, Nick. You, you crafted it with like a lot of love and a wink. And I, that just makes it a lot, yep. a lot better for an audience, I think. Thank you. Yeah, well, you know, I, I mean, I was... it's, it's right. It's, 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 I'm going to interrupt one sec. It comes down, you know, to the styling of stuff, you know, the, the logo and, you know, and the, you know, logo and the game, the con, you know, the game controllers. Uh, it's, you know, even the device on the back of the neck, it's all kind of throwback. It's great. You know, it's, it's, I don't know. I, I loved it. I thought that it, it is, it is that wink, but then you're like, hang on, there's a lot more here. Well, I could, and that, you know, and, and if everybody can see it that way, then then we'll be sitting in a, a heavy bank account. So I'm, I'm <laughs> fingers crossed. <laughs> but no, it's clear yeah, you, yeah. you you have great love for the subject, and uh, I can I can tell you grew up in the '90s, and, and more power to you. It's a, it's this it, it fits in exactly with what we talk about on the show about how we we're not going to forget about all that stuff that we had growing up and now we're just modifying it. We're making it right. our own adult stuff now. And I'm not and I'm not ashamed of that. And and none of us should be. No way. No. You know, in a, in a best case scenario, I, I guess what I what I hope to achieve with this movie is um I guess in, on, on a on a career level, some kind of a cult status, you know, people discover it and really, you know, see it the way that 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 Lyndon is seeing it, then that's really great um for the film. But, it, but in terms of the industry itself, you know, when you think about that there is a whole subgenre of indie action films. You know, you go and click on iTunes or Netflix and you see this, this barrage of indie action uh, uh, material that's, that's really cheap, really poorly scripted, poorly executed, uh, you know, just bad, that are churned out for a quick buck. You know, you slap Steven Seagal's name or Dolph Lundgren's name or Jean-Claude Van Damme's name on these little films and, and hope for a quick return and then rinse repeat. And, and, and it, it's created a stigma, you know, people assume that an indie action movie is going to be bad and, and they don't need to be bad. And, and so I, I was hoping that if, if I could make a kind of a throwback film with, with some, some uh, important themes injected to kind of, uh, as London put it, hopefully elevate it a little bit, you know, maybe that can help change the conversation a little bit. Maybe people can say, okay, well, if we demand a little better, you know, maybe we can get a little better. And so that's, that's I guess, ultimately the hope of this. Yeah. Well, why could you achieve it? Yeah, as, a, as, as an audience member, I, I'd say that's what you've done. So keep yeah. on doing that. Don't make me feel bad about enjoying my Grand Theft Auto, but you keep on doing it. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen, for joining me. I feel like I've taken up so much of your time already, uh, but I want to thank you, Lyndon Ashby, uh, Nicholas Gainey. Uh, am I saying that right? Genie. I'm sorry, Nick. Gainey? Genie. Like, like three wishes, Genie. Oh. Genie in a bottle. Well, that's so much easier. Nicholas Genie. I know, the, the spelling, you go, 
But yeah, let's take that. Yeah, that is that is one six-minute unbroken action sequence of a name, my friend. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, and everybody check out Beta Test, uh, which, once again, as soon as it comes out, is going to beat, I think it's uh, uh, Daredevil on Marvel currently holds the longest unbroken action sequence about to go down. Yeah. Correct. July 22nd. Nice. July twenty second. Thank you very much, gentlemen. And I'll be uh, I'll be looking for it in theaters. VOD. Uh, get it out there on DVD. People still want those too. And uh, next time you guys are doing anything, please give us a call. We will. Thanks Absolutely. so much. All right. Thanks hey, a lot, thank guys. You for your time. No, Take thank care, you. Man. Bye, guys. having an acid flashback right now. <laughs> I know you told me this story. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> yeah, I that's actually that's the first time that I had uh that's the first time that I had seen Mortal Kombat or heard Mortal Kombat in, you know, 20 years probably. Yeah. Right? And so uh but yeah, as I was telling you earlier, um <laughs> it is this is 1995. I had I, I don't think I had graduated. Transport yourself to 1995. Yeah, I was, high school. Right. I Letterman. I, jacket, I graduated class of '95. Drove a so, Firebird. Yeah. <laughs> had a ponytail. Go on. <laughs> and I went to see this, and this is still to this day the first and last and only time <laughs> that I ever did acid in a movie theater. <laughs> and it was for this movie. And all I remember is Mortal Kombat. Dun, 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 yeah. dun. And I was just like, what the hell? This is the worst. This is the worst idea ever. Like a little rave with good air conditioning. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was definitely a rave, man. But it was just like loud. And, and they it. had like the most ostentatious, horrible costumes like. Like well, it was a video game. Almost. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, it was like it was basically like dropping acid at Gore. Yeah, that's what <laughs> that's what my experience was watching it. Now, it was it was actually a very I think you know especially for the time, it was actually a very good movie. You know, as far as you know, video game movies as we heard in the in the uh, interview, mm. they weren't successful. They didn't work. No, this one kind of changed everything. This one, you're yeah. saying this was the first one to yeah. ever actually turn a yep. profit. And then you know, Tomb Raider would come later, and that would no. that would be a big one. And there's 
you know, we just did uh, war. The Warcraft one just came out. I don't think it yeah. did well, but it. I think I, I heard like internationally, like the game itself is actually more popular in like Korea mm-hmm. and and China and shit. So they're actually making good numbers over there. So they're saying the sequel might actually not even be in English. Really? I think I, I heard that somewhere. They're not going to bother doing it with the same distribution. They're just like with the Warcraft. Let's just play it. Yeah, with okay, the, okay. the World of Warcraft okay. one. Wow. I had no idea. Why? Well, what did you think of it? I haven't seen the Warcraft There you one. go. Yeah, I'm not going to see it. Yeah. That's just not my game. But, yeah. I, um, you know, my experience watching Mortal Kombat was a very unique and defining experience, you know, <laughs> so, you know, so to, so to speak. Um, but it obviously had epic freaking battles in it. You know, yep. it's the whole, the whole movie is in no small part fighting game. Lyndon Ashby. Lyndon Ashby, our, uh, our guest tonight. Our guest yeah. tonight. Uh, which, and yeah, that's another movie which is made just for fight scenes. Yeah, absolutely. They don't have people rushing in with machine guns and fucking getting into sniper nests and stuff. It's not like, it's not even like Braveheart or Saving right. Private Ryan, which has plenty of action, but there are, the fight scenes are not what they're known for. Whereas stuff like Rocky, you remember? Rocky. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's that was just... The perfect photography, slow motion, it, spitting out blood. I think it totally I grew informs up doing every, slow motion yeah. fight scenes because of Rocky. Yeah, we used to totally go, practice. Yeah, 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 yeah. That absolutely, and I think it mm-hmm. the the Rocky style in you know it informed all the action movies after it. And it, it probably and it, and it wasn't really Rocky one as much as the, all all of the sequels that really glamorized. But it's kind it. of a culmination but, of like the old uh, like John Wayne stuff, where yeah. he, he could take a couple punches, but then he would just throw a couple haymakers, and that's kind of how it was. Even up to like the Arnold Schwarzenegger, he's not exactly using Krav Maga. Well, the, like I, you know, we, one we, of my favorite we, fight we scenes ever it. was uh, John McClane, Die Hard. Die Hard. That uh, the 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 final bad guy that he yeah. had to hang from the chain. The Russian that ballet was, dancer. You didn't have, yeah. There were no guns or anything in that. That well, was just that a one knockdown too, fight yeah, and that I, he had to and, earn his way through. Yeah, and you know, where where that one broke from the Arnold Schwarzenegger, the, 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 the real glamorized fighting. So, you know, we actually covered it a couple of shows ago. We were talking about Vernon, about the Vernon Wells character, yeah. Bennett. You know, he fights Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's a great epic, epic Mostly fight. guns in that movie, but when it comes to right. that character, you know, these, the guys are, these guys are going to fight with knives. Drop the gun. Knife fight or yeah. fist fight, and Put they the totally go at it. And you just, yeah. you fight. But it's really glamorized. Like, if you watched, and it's awesome, and it, it does end, and again, we covered this during, our, you know, for our Vernon Wells show. If you guys haven't heard it, it's one of our, It's I think it's one of our best so shows. Fun. So but fun. there's this, you know, at the very end, Arnold launches that pole. Through him that goes into the into, into the into, into the, the boiler yeah which, in the maintenance room where they're and it, fight in and it's the you know let off some steam Bennett <laughs> it's the, all the steam's coming out of his I still it's an amazing fight with an amazing end um, but what the what the diehard fight did which is it basically it it really humanized John McClane. Like, you're not, this is he not a superhero. And, he, and he's cursing, though, too. He's just like, motherfucker, I'm going to fucking cook you, and I'm going to fucking eat you. And he's just like, he's just beating the shit out of him. He's like yep. scratching his eyes, and he's, you know, he's biting him. I mean, and, yeah. so. And he's just been getting beat up, bloody head, bloody no shoes, feet. bloody feet, yeah. All night long. Yep. It's an awesome fight. Absolutely yep. an awesome fight. Um, 
you know, uh, Arnold goes through a bunch of these fights. You know, he has the one in, uh, you know, the one versus Predator, which I totally qualify as a badass fist fight. Um, and then he, you know, there's well, the one against Richter in Total Recall. You know, yeah. Arnold's, Arnold, Arnold has many, many uh, of, of, yeah. of those. You had, you had mentioned a little bit of TV a, l- a little bit earlier and about oh, how well, the evolution yeah, like, of that. Like uh, back in the old days, that was, those you Western, had Westerns yeah. and, and comedies. Westerns, you knew it was a Western because they would be fighting and in every episode. Fight, yeah. And I remember they famously brought that into Star Trek back in the Star 60s. Trek, yeah. And the network said he's got to get into a fight. So every show, he was it, Captain Kirk, take his shirt off and just <laughs> trade haymakers. Again, not like trained fighting, but yeah. just I'm going to manly beat you and you manly beat me and I'm going to win. Yeah. And that's how it was. And then I think that was kind of set the template for how Schwarzenegger and, and even Bruce Willis would get away with. And Chuck Norris would just basically Bruce brute force. Yeah. Well, Chuck he, Norris did at least employ some actual martial arts. Yes, he had. But some, he usually he ended up using them against some of the worst ninjas in the world. I don't know if I don't know if you ever picked up on this, but. You know, and I stopped watching Chuck Norris movies in 1988, although I saw many of them, you know, all the missing in actions and the Texas Ranger one and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, Lone Wolf McQuaid, I think is what it's called. Oh, yeah. But um, in pretty much every Chuck Norris movie of that era, there's always a scene where he breaks a beer bottle in his hand or worse or better. He breaks it squeezing somebody else's hand holding a beer bottle. <laughs> you know, so That's like, how you make your point. Yeah, because like somebody always wants to, you know, hit him with the beer bottle and so he he'll catch it or he'll stop him or whatever. But there's And see, and a- that's what sets it apart from like those gun movies where to make that same point they have to, while someone's pointing a gun at them, grab it, take the slide off. Yeah. Pop the it's the exact same thing, but if you can't have guns and it's gonna be where you Shatter the the beer bottle in there, his own hand. I I think there's make him stab himself in the thigh with the well, switchblade. Well, in that it's also like it's also um, feeding into the into the Chuck Norris character. Like this is he's a little bit more Texas, a little bit more yeah. redneck. So you're you're just kind of more likely to be in places with beer bottles. Yeah, you know what I mean. So you're actually building into the character of Chuck of Chuck Norris using that little violent device. Uh-huh. Of breaking bottles with your hands, which is really, really manly and awesome. Yeah, yeah. So obviously they yeah. mine that a little bit. I think for uh, Roadhouse and such. They, they do a lot of that for same, Roadhouse. Yeah, which I, has again is a movie based mostly on fight scenes. I can't believe that we in our in our pre show meeting we'd even think of Roadhouse. I always think of Roadhouse. It's I just assumed it was on fights. your your oh, mind as well. Wow. No, but I there are great ones. It. I mean, and Indiana Jones. Oh. The great fights where they actually tease the difference between a fight scene and a shootout. Oh, absolutely! Where he just takes the where damn he's gun, like, <laughs> takes out the gun and shoots him. Well, uh, famously, so, uh, as I've learned from one of the Blu-ray or DVD releases, uh, they had actually choreographed the big fight between um, Harrison Ford and that that big samurai dude, uh-huh. you know, or whatever. Um, he and that they had brought in that 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 big guy he's he was a local actor and he practiced and he had this whole thing and he was all excited about his role he's going to be in this movie and Harrison Ford because Harrison Ford famously has changed a lot of stuff in movies you know the i love you i know line that's a, that's Harrison Ford changing it uh, um but well he happened to improvise on the right movies yeah well but they're also yeah. epic moments in time and so and this one is this one is 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 one of those. He basically goes to Steven Spielberg and he goes, "I have a gun. Why don't I just shoot him?" And he's just like Steven Spielberg's like, "Oh, 
Yeah, okay, do it. And of course, it's iconic. Yeah. It's iconic that that whole scene. And even though we're talking about fight scenes, and right? Still, that, this that is was the one, one that avoids the fight. Gap there, that was, <laughs> yeah. Which was very clever. But, um, and they Ford did, but does, things in movies when it comes to the fight scenes really started to change when Jackie Chan got popular, yeah, I think. Yeah. Late 90s, uh, you know, uh, Rumble in the Bronx, mm-hmm. and uh, the the Hong Kong uh, scene Re-landed. movies had been kind of getting better and better on their own, and then it took off here. And that's when you really started to see it in, like, The Matrix and yeah. Born Identity. Mm-hmm. Like, instead of just swinging, it looked like real trained fighters doing insane up close stuff. Yeah, I think. Well, there's, there's which is there's which a is where uh, beta test starts to fall into that area. Well, I think and that that's what that long extended I, fight scene did I so well. I believe that they're that I believe that that they are taking their you know they are the um, they're at the end of this evolutionary process. They have you know you know oh um, it's never over. But, but yeah, yeah, exactly. But you know, like all I'm saying is that they are at the you know at this point right now they have they have built on all these other great movies these great fighting scenes you know um and it it does culminate in what is a real epic fight you know so they have they they kind of take the like jackie chan approach there's there's like some badass martial like martial arts stuff in there and it's not just that there's martial arts but the actual actors which is one of the things that jackie chan brought is that the actual actor is doing the fighting Right. And so you see that in uh, beta test. The other thing that I think that they're that that they were really good about doing is um, Manu Bennett. He picked up on the lessons of Harrison Ford. And if you want to have a good fight scene, it has to look like it hurts. Yeah. And that's what Harrison Ford brought. You know, so whenever whenever you see Indiana Jones getting punched, it hurts. Harrison Ford, it looks like it hurts. Uh, and that movie, once again, beta test. It's out now. Uh, DVD, VOD. Uh, go out and check it out. It's, it's another. It, it's a. It's a '90s action mm-hmm. fight movie throwback. And I and I love it for that. And it, it embraces it. And uh, once again, contains the world's longest one single take fight scene, which apparently, if you were listening to the interview, you know this, but they did in one take. Oh, I know. In one take. I'm watching it again, and it's just like, what the, how is that in one take? I mean, that was amazing. They, they, uh, I remember he said they had a plan for 12. They did it in one. (laughs) So, you know what? Hats off, man. Yeah. That was a good movie. Because this is the third time we've tried to record this episode. (laughs) And on that note, I would say, that's about enough of this. That's enough of this. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Oh, this is enough of this.